You're listening to the Get Fucking Real Show. Strap in as your host, Lisa Cherney, takes you on a ride full of GFR moments. From powerful messages to exclusive interviews to untold stories of super shitty moments before big successes. And even real-life confessions. Lisa's been mentoring millionaire entrepreneurs for over 20 years, coaching top coaches and tapping her mighty woo-woo side to mentor the best of the best spiritual peeps. It's time to bring on the straight talk from successful, soulful entrepreneurs, inspiring you to live without regrets, to create your legacy, and be unapologetically you. And now, it's time to GFR. Life is too short to be a slave to your own dream Cause I'm working too hard And I want to feel so alive I jump out of bed because I love my life Living on my terms, I know that I will thrive Being myself, clarity will arrive So I'll stand out and be J-U-I-C-Y Hello, hello. Welcome to the Get Fucking Real Show. This is Lisa Cherney, and I have a question for you. Do you feel like you have a superpower? I know for me, about 25 years ago, I took a course that was called Angel Therapy Practitioner (laughs) with Doreen Virtue, and I learned how to do readings with cards and mediumship and all, and let's see, all past life regression, all of at the time what I thought was like crazy shit. But I guess I didn't really think it was cra- too crazy that I, you know, dismissed it. It was, I was super curious about leaning into what I knew was intuitive inclinations that I had. I didn't know how I was going to use it in my work. You know, I I remember thinking and saying, like, what am I going to do? Break out the angel cards, you know, while I was like doing marketing consultations. And what I will tell you is that, you know, about 10 years after that, that's exactly what I was doing is I was leading small group mastermind retreats and I kicked it off with angel cards and really encouraged people to use their intuition. And now it's one of the most favorite things that clients say about me is that I just know shit. (laughs) They're kind of creeped out because I just know stuff and I really lean into it. And I really consider that my superpower. So today's guest, Justin Reckla, also uh, believes in superpowers. And he's a really cool dude. When you see him on the video, he looks like a freaking badass biker with a bald head and a goatee. And and he has such a big heart. And he found his way from being an army vet and a counterintelligence agent through to the business world as a risk mitigation consultant, and then finally landed in his mission of being an entrepreneur, co-founding the Superpower Experts with his uh, beloved wife, who he says, I married my guru. (laughs) And her name is Tonya Don Reckla, and she is the one that got us together. He has an amazing story of his journey in his life around you know, going in and out of really recognizing and owning his gifts to thinking he's a weirdo and like needs to just to hide and to finally hitting rock bottom in 2006 after a divorce 
and an overseas employment and nearly losing his job from substance that he was like really using to numb himself out. And we have a really frank conversation about how many of us that have these gifts, which we many, many, many of us do, we do numb ourselves out when it's not in our comfort zone or where people tell us that we're not normal or, you know, or we just, it's just too much. So I love that he has created a space for people to really own these gifts and in fact, to really put them in the forefront of their journey. He is a founder also of a cool directory called the Clear Business Directory, which promotes transparency in business. So he and his wife and what they do, and they have a daughter who's an amazing, who has her own podcast and just, you know, like I can't, I wish I can get her and my kid together because they're just really cool kids. And they have an awesome organization. So he shares really beautifully about his life and how things roll in his household and the risks and the challenges and the fears that he had to overcome in order to just really surrender, really, really surrender to his higher power. And he talks about what that means to him. And I just hope that you will, you know, give it a listen with an open mind and an open heart and just really see where you are possibly called to own your superpowers in a bigger way. And um, at the end, I tell you about a way that um, you can get a free session with his organization to discover your superpowers. So that's pretty cool. All right. Without further ado, Mr. Justin Reckla. Justin Reckla, counterintelligent agent. I am like, you look that role, but, we're, <laughs> but boy, is our audience going to have fun getting to know you in sort of your, your after story. So welcome to the GFR show. Thanks for having me. I, uh, very much looking forward to this conversation. I am too. And I know I'm scheduled to be on your show and I can't remember where the air dates will line up, but it's just, I think we have a meaning of the minds and missions uh, in many ways here. So it's going to be fun. Yes, very much. So this is uh, it's what it's about, right? Keeping it real. It is. It is. So I think of my GFR show, like, I don't, y'all, I don't know Justin that well. We're going to get to know him together. I know his reputation precedes him. I met his wife and his kid who are both very cool people. And uh, I think that we're going to have fun as the story unfolds and seeing how much we have in common. <laughs> so if you get to see him on video, he has that awesome badass look to him, but I know he's also a teddy bear. I can feel your teddy bear energy. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I get, I get that all the time. We, uh, yeah, you know, I take the car and to get fixed and I step out of the minivan and the guy looks at me and goes, I didn't picture you in a minivan. <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. <laughs> and my husband also is bald with a goatee and we call it his badass look, you know, and it, there you it's, go. it's awesome. It's funny. Okay. Counterintelligent agent is like, it's such an intriguing before story, but let's take it even before that. Yeah. So where do you want to begin in your before story? Oh, wow. Um, Good night. Once upon a time. <laughs> you could start at the age eight. No, about, or... Yeah, you know, for, for me, my, I guess you could see where I was really cognizant of, of where my story began was, was about the time I was eight years old. You know, I wasn't a very healthy child. You know, uh, I, had a, I wear a hearing aid now because a lot of the stuff that I was that I experienced as a kid being sick and so forth. About the time I was eight, I had a lot of gifts that started coming online that I just didn't understand. You know, and of course, my parents didn't understand them, and you know, they dealt with it like any parent would. And you know, it's all in your head, go to sleep. And what I, what I grew to understand and know and, and use now is, is that you know, I've I've been a medium and a channel my entire life. I've evolved it and I've integrated it, and so 
it doesn't look like what people would think it looks like, but it's that's because it, it's evolved. It's evolved through just my own years of playing with it, you know, but it came online when I was eight, but I ended up quickly shutting it down because it was, you know, it was keeping me up at night. It was scaring me. I didn't understand. And my parents kept telling me it was in my head. So I just, I bought into that and just shut it down. And, you know, everything came back online again when I was in my twenties, just because some of the people I was hanging out with and, they kind of opened up those energetic pathways again. And next thing I know, I'm seeing shit and experiencing shit and not <laughs> knowing what the hell it is. And I kind of stepped away from that group of friends for, for a little bit of time because I don't want anything to do with this. I, I didn't know kind of probably associated these things that are coming online for you with them, right? And yeah, so- well, not just with them, but it was just like every time I'm around them, they were wanting to tap into, uh-huh. into it. Like, hey, Justin, come over here. You can do this. And whoa, I have no idea what's going on, guys. And, you know, most of it I played with willingly because I was trying to figure it out and understand it. And most of the time in my 20s, though, I didn't know it was me. I didn't know the things that I was experiencing or things that other people were experiencing or whatnot was being impacted by my being there. I went to school at NAU, the Flagstaff, so the energy up there is is pretty is pretty intense. You know, Arizona, is it? Yeah, 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 northern Arizona. Just University. north of Sedona, yeah. Yeah, so it, you know, so there's a lot of uh, ancestral energy there from from the from the native tribes uh, that, that still that are still up there, and I didn't know that. <laughs> I mean, I, I knew that I knew that was there, but that I didn't know what that energy was. I didn't understand. I didn't have a spiritual understanding or, or concept of how that could impact us. I didn't understand those things, how that kind of stuff worked at that time. And then, ironically, you know, I ended up joining the military and ended up working with some of the very first remote viewers. Um, really? Yeah. So worked with a gentleman by the name of Will Ray. He was actually one of the very first remote viewers on Project Stargate back in 1960, I think it was 1968 or something like that, where the military was using remote viewers to pinpoint Russian subs off the coast of you know Florida. And, you know, and so here I am and I've kind of bridged the gap between my two worlds of like, okay, I've experienced this stuff over here and okay, the military is talking about it. And it was about the same time that I met my wife. Tonya Don Rekla, and she really helped me hone a lot of those skills, a lot of my abilities uh, along the way. And, and I've since, like I said, I've since evolved them and have integrated them. And they're not what most people look, you know, think they look like. Now they did at you know at various points of my journey. They 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 very well, much. Well, let's did. talk about what they do look like. So, and then I, you know, I definitely. I have a couple of questions, but the first is like just to loop people in that don't know those words channel. I think people know medium because it's more popularized, but can you talk about what that means to you? And then, I, yeah, let's talk about what it means to you. And then yeah. I have a confession because this yeah. show is about confession. So I, yeah. I have a confession about this, but I want you to just educate the people first about what, yeah, what abs- ab- medium is. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's gone through various phases. Like I said, with being a kid and just hearing things and seeing things, experiencing things and not knowing what it was, which by the way, my parents ended up apologizing to me oh. 15 years later because they ended up hearing the same things I did come to find out that I grew up in a house that used to be a hospice home. And so when my parents started hearing the same exact things of the guy laughing and doors opening and that kind of stuff, they actually came out and apologized to me. 
and said, we were so sorry. We, we should have never told you that was all in your head because wow. they've now experienced it for themselves. Wow. Um, my mind, my, my mouth, for people again, <laughs> my mouth was like open when you said they apologize and that they, wow. Wow. Yeah. It I was, was like, it thank was, you. It was, Thank you, spirits, for giving my parents the same experience so that they could validate me. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, um, it, it was, it was very affirming of the fact that I wasn't crazy. I wasn't yeah. going nuts, you know, to have that affirmation from my parents was, was, was neat, you know. And so it looked like that. And then, you know, it looked like to where, you know, I'm lying on the floor and just stuff is coming out of me. You know, I'm speaking, but I'm not there. I'm gone. I'm just... And, you know, I've got video of myself, you know, Tonya videotaping me when we first started playing with this stuff of, you know, just channeling information through from whoever was talking. And, you know, since then, it, I've evolved it to where, because I've practiced with it to where, you know, it's gone from me be, not being there to now I'm kind of like, I'm listening and I'm hearing them and I'm just, I'm okay, now this is what the information said to where I've now fully integrated it and I just stop and listen. And the way I kind of described it, and, and I'm sure other people have, have been here, but it takes practice and some people will, will go into the flow and those of you that are watching this, you'll probably understand if you've had this experience is being able to call on information from spirit, from God in situations to where I physically don't need to be present. I mean, why well, I, I can be physically present typing the information or speaking the words, but I don't have to think about what's being said. I just pray and ask that whatever needs to be delivered come through me, and it does. And, you know, so I don't necessarily sit anymore and practice, okay, calling in, you know, wall, calling in, calling in, <laughs> calling in, calling in whatever beans or whatever. And I, I don't do that. And I don't make a living as a, a medium or a channel, I utilize it as one of my superpowers to help me assist the clients that, that we serve, how to respond, how to make decisions. And that, that's a rule in our house is that we don't make decisions. We don't do anything if it's not guided. If it's not guided, we don't do it. You know, and that might mean skipping an event with some friends. It might may mean missing here. And, you know, but we'll just sit and ask, okay, are we being guided to go here? You know, show us. And we get the affirmations. And if you pay attention, you'll get those affirmations in life. You'll see something two or three times. You'll be thinking about something and there, there it is. I'm not just talking about Google cookies messing with your browsers. I'm talking about <laughs> actual affirmation in the physical somebody said this or you run into somebody else you just it, those little nuances if you pay attention will guide you to where you need to be and you know for me it's a sit and wait to respond type of practice and knowing that if I have a communication that is sitting with it going how am I going to respond to this well I am not going to respond to it God's going to respond to it spirit's going to respond to it and it's going to use that through me to to manage whatever needs to to occur whatever needs to be said whatever needs to be sent Right. And, you know, we, that's how we designed our businesses. All the processes and systems that we've built have been built from that space. And, you know, knowing if I go to create something, if, if I start a sentence with, well, you know, I think eh, not about me, yeah, <laughs> not about, not I about what I think. I need to figure it out. That's my one lately. Yeah. lately. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm not fucking no, figuring it out. You I'm don't need, you wait. don't need, and this is, yeah, you don't need to fucking figure it out. <laughs> it's, it's already been figured out. You yes. just need to listen. Yes. And you know what? Yes, I fuck up. I might even by not listening. Away. By not listening, exactly. Yeah. By not listening because my oh, I think I know better. And so I'm just gonna I'm gonna say this, right? I'm gonna say that. And it never works out. No, it doesn't. It, and isn't it, it isn't it awesome 
I freaking love everything you're saying. And of course, because as is anybody who's in the practice of GFR, my work is my healing and my healing is my work. So of course, this interview with you is in the perfect divine right time for me personally. I know it's going to, the ripple effect is there as well. And I'm very present to this conversation being in the right divine time for me because I just participated in like year end retreat with in the birthplace of GFR, which is Canmore, Canada with my mentors. And, you know, one of the things on my list, there's a lot of not doing on my list. There's like a lot of not strategy on my list, which is huge for me. And, and on my list is my channeling. And I have very few public claiming of that as a gift that I have. People know I'm intuitive. Like my clients know, like you're scary, like the shit, you know, and the shit you say, like that's present. But the channeling, which first for me was in writing, which I think a lot of people can connect more easily with like, oh yeah, I've written shit down that just comes through me. Like I think it's more sort of acceptable or, you know, and then I remember shifting about 12 years ago to like, I couldn't write fast enough. And then I had a mentor at the time that was helping me with my spiritual gifts and those things coalesced and I just started speaking instead of, cause I couldn't keep up with the writing. I just started letting the words flow through me. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? And it was crazy, creepy, awesome, wonderful. And I know that I'm supposed to be doing more with it and allowing, and just even for my own, when I step aside and I let that energy flow through me, it's awesome. Like I could feel it's so uh, enlivening and like healing. And so I know just for that, it would be great to do it more. Well, and, you know, you, yeah. I, I want to stop you right there. Please, first, and, first, and, first and foremost, kudos for giving it voice mm. because I'm here. Let me affirm for you that it's a hundred percent natural. You're not weird. Actually you are weird, but that's a good thing. It's yes. weird. Weird is the compliment in our house. And the more of us that start talking about these things, we'll bring it to the surface. And so I applaud you for, for giving it voice. You know, I used to cringe of like, oh, I'm not going to tell them I'm a medium. I'm like, well, fuck it. Why? Why do I care? You know, it doesn't change who I am and how I show up in the world. It's just something that I use to, to help me show up in the world. And, you know, and if we stop and, and, and listen to that, that is our natural state. That is where we are truly meant to exist is in that flow and in the connection with the divine, but our white noise, our programming, our beliefs and whatnot get in the way of that and stop people from hearing, stop people from listening. And I, I for one believe that everybody has some ability, whether it be auditory channeling, whatever it looks like for them, they have some superpower that allows them to connect with the divine. And, and that's what it's designed to do. And most people are either unaware of it, afraid of it, or, or know it, but don't know how to use it. Yeah. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. And it's, I mean, when I look at the GFR commandments and I look at what the show and the movement is about, I could say it's about getting out of your own way, but isn't it really about getting out of God's way? right? It's about getting out of the way of whatever, however you're supposed to serve, whatever's supposed to come through you, whatever is in your divine right life plan. Like it's just getting out of the fucking way and which is terrifying. It is absolutely terrifying. You know, someone said to me today, they feel like they're in free fall. And I said, welcome to the party. <laughs> you know, It's like to be in free fall and to not be terrified, right? To just know like I am not in free fall, but maybe free flow or whatever. And that is what we're about here is like, can we illuminate like the places where you can inquire 
you know, and just start to listen. Like you, the GFR commandment, one of the ones that you really enjoyed was let go of what doesn't feel good. And that confession question is what doesn't feel good, which is like crazy, simple, profoundly <laughs> awesome, right? It's like, yeah, doesn't feel good. Like, wait a minute. I actually have a choice. I could, you know, am I allowed to, to say what doesn't feel good? You know, like there's so much in our way. Well, you know why people are afraid of it? Why people get, keep getting in the way of God? It is because... Why, Justin? <laughs> well, because ultimately at the end of the day, there's a fear that we're going to lose our own individuality in that. And who the fuck are we if we can't control this, if we can't do this, if we can't do that? And it's a lie. It's all fear-based. It's all a lie. And ironically on the flip side of it when you walk in a path with the divine and you're communing with spirit and you're talking to god and you're just letting it flow through you and however whatever gifts that you have right you become more than just you Mm -hmm. You, you're able to show up fully and you see it across social media you see the narcissist you see that you see the coaches that are profounding whatever it is that they're profounding, you know, whatever it is they're talking about. It, it's all about the make the money, be this, be that, right? And yeah, some of that's part of it. At the end of the day, that's not what it's about. That's that's actually talking about some lower frequency level type stuff. And where we are meant to exist is at this high frequency. And in that space, you want to talk about feeling good. When you choose this over this. nothing compares this is painful yeah right for people that can't see like it's a uh, hand like that's at his chin and then there's a hand that's like over his head (laughs) yeah it's 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 a frequency in that higher frequency where the divine and god what we call the what we often refer to as the abstract frequency flow state there's all different words for it vernacular for it but when you operate in that high frequency Life is easy because guess what? You don't have to do anything but choose yes, to listen. Thank goodness. <laughs> All you have to do is just choose, choose, just choose to listen. My goodness. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and life at that level becomes easy. Yes. Okay. Even in, even talk- in perceived hard times. Yes. So let's talk about hard times. Let's talk about the shit that we do to keep ourselves from listening. Right. So mm. it's going to bring us to one of the pieces of the story that we wanted, your story that we wanted to talk about, because, yeah. because I know all of the things that I've done in my past to keep me from listening. Food is one of my, one of my indulgences that created lots of static for me in my twenties, early thirties. And as a way that I sort of numbed out and, you know, there's a, a laundry list of things of the way that this looks for people. So what did you do when you didn't want to be listening or what did you do that kept you from, you know, this state you're in now? Oh, that's a great question. And that's an easy answer to is I drank a lot. I drank a lot. It was the social norm. It's what you did when you were in the military. Yeah. It was the go-to social activity, you know, and my military career wasn't very pretty, you know, ended up in a divorce. I did a lot of great things in the military, but I was gone a lot, you know, gone for my kids all the time. And, you know, at the same time, I had all these abilities and whatnot that were being bombarded with all my experiences in the military and the energy from that space. And, you know, looking back on it, had I listened, who knows what would have happened. But what I do know to be true is that 
regardless of that experience, it led me to exactly where I needed to be, which is, is here today, you know, in relationship with Tonya and Neva, our amazing daughter, who's just at 10, she's wiser than most adults. You know, she has her own her, podcast, y'all, that yeah, she's had for <laughs> a few years now, right? <laughs> yeah, she's got her own podcast and she's been doing it for about three years. She's written a book, you know, so I get it. And my aha moment, my get fucking real moment was just recently divorced, got back from doing a year in Iraq. I was over there as a contractor, came back from Iraq. Finally, after being six months of unemployed back in the States, I finally found a dream job relatively close to my kids and still in Arizona so I can come up and see them and it paid well and it was it was perfect, right? First day on the job, I run into a guy that I served with over in on, over in Iraq. Wow. Uh, he was he was a military and I was a civilian and we went out and celebrated the fact that we survived Iraq and we celebrated by drinking and driving. Kind of stupid if you think about it. You know, you spend a year in Iraq, you didn't get shot, you didn't get blown up, you didn't get killed, and you're gonna come home and you're gonna have one too many and you're gonna get on the road. And that for me wasn't like an eye opener. That was God smack over the back of the head. You know, some people he taps on the shoulder and goes, "Yoo hoo." You listening? <laughs> he tried that uh, with you. It didn't work. <laughs> no, he tried that with me and it didn't work. And the DUI was literally the two by four up the side of the head that I needed. And I realized that I needed to start looking for other things that was going to help me understand and deal with what I was unpacking, what I was unraveling, just the wounds from, you know, re the recent divorce, wounds from friendships, all the, all the stories that are created in one's life, right? I mean, at this time, I think I was 31, 32 years old when, when I got the DUI. And it was pretty hard. I mean, and I got lucky too. I got very lucky. One, I didn't kill anybody. I didn't kill anybody. I didn't kill myself. You know, so starting there, I got very lucky. And it, I also got lucky in the sense that it was the, the laws at the time were still fairly lenient. And, you know, I ended up going through all the programs in court and I did a night in jail and, and it was kind of like a, oh, wow. One, it made me realize that I'm not that because I never considered myself having an alcohol problem or a drinking problem. It just, it was my go-to. And it was also a distractor. It's a very lower frequency aspect. It's designed to numb our minds. It's designed to lower our, in, in our, 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 just everything. And it kept me here, it kept me in that low frequency because internally who I was, was trying to connect back up, but I was like, no, no, no. And alcohol was my, my go-to on that. And, you know, so I got the DUI, went through that entire experience and started looking in and, and, and trying to find the connection to my abilities and God and so forth. And I grew up in the church, but it really wasn't until I met Tonya, I joke about this, I married my guru, uh, but roughly the same time, literally, literally right after the DUI, I think it was probably two month, a two two, two month time span that that it happened. Tony walked into my life, and it was like, God of God, I'm listening. I still still wasn't wanting to listen. I actually had to have some friends really give me a big nudge of like, dude, she's flirting with you, and <laughs> I was just I was so lost. I wasn't paying attention, and we connected. You know, as they say, the rest is history. She has really been my guiding light. She's the one that's been, who's kept me connected and shown me. She baptized me this April. And, you know, so I went from, you know, having a DUI, figuring and realizing that there was more to life and that I didn't have to escape and that it was safe to, to connect in and it was safe to talk to God and it was safe place. And I enjoyed that space. And over the last, you know, 10 years, that relationship 
and understanding and the tools and the gifts that he's given us or given me is, you know, has evolved. And that was a very pivotal moment in time. And about the same time we started our entrepreneurial journey, because we quickly realized that the work that Tony and I were doing together with the military translated to something even bigger in, in the public sector and that what we were doing, the information that we had to share, our experiences and, and so forth was meant to be taken out to a bigger audience than just military personnel that we were training. And yeah, we, we took that jump, left and left government back in 2011 and been helping people ever since because that was part of the clear guidance that came through for me was go out and help others. And at the time, I didn't know how, and I think a lot of starting Did entrepreneurs- Ask the guidance, what do you mean exactly? <laughs> <laughs> well, it showed up, believe it or not, like it always does. You know, we were set off to do this particular thing. We wanted to be these corporate trainers and we were going to take our military training and we were going to take some of the stuff that we were teaching at counterintelligence special agents course was all, you know, it was they basically the military had come to Tony and said, hey, we want you to write a class on critical theory, critical thinking, because that's what her master's degree was in. And she said, no, you don't. You want military personnel to toe the line. Yes, sir. No, sir. And, but the military even had recognized that, the, that our enemy had changed and that we needed agents on the ground to be able to think on their feet. Well, in order to do that, in order to be an effective agent, you actually have to get yourself out of the way. In order to be an effective agent, you have to understand in-group, out-group dynamics, ego deconstruction, what makes you think, what are your beliefs, all those things that personal development world talks about and teaches. We were training agents how to do so they can navigate life or death situations that wasn't get them or somebody else killed. And we were using these techniques and, and training them on how to own that stuff and who they were, channel that information and, and be able to utilize it to gather the information that was needed for them to do their jobs. And so we took that and realized, oh God, this has got bigger implications and we were going to take it to the corporate world. And the next thing you know, we had so many people that had knew that had known about our backgrounds, had learned about our backgrounds. They're like, well, you need to do for us what you did for the government. And our corporate counterintelligence firm was born. And so we started doing that, doing background checks and helping people make decisions. And, and over time, we found that people didn't really need due diligence. Entrepreneurs and business owners just needed to learn how to get that all their own fucking way. And our coaching practice was born and helping people make smart decisions from a place of self-dominion and communing with the, God, the divine and making smart, educated decisions within themselves. And Tony and I started coaching people and doing the due diligence stuff. It was just the two of us at first and eventually evolved into what is now superpower experts. I love it. And when you say smart and educated decisions, you don't mean what conventional definition of that would be. Like, no, I'm not, Google, no, I'm not it, Googling it, this shit, right, Justin? <laughs> no, no, you know, there's so much to it. You know, background checks are part of that, understanding who you're getting involved with. But more importantly, you know, checking in with congruency. Is the person that you're getting involved with, are they congruent with you? You know, do you communicate well? Is there, you know, what incongruencies in of themselves are you not paying attention to when you're asking certain questions on what they're going to be able to do for you and so forth? There's a lot that you can do up front, and that process is designed to mitigate risk, not eliminate it, because you can't ever fully eliminate any risk because without risk, there's no gain, right? But going into a decision with eyes wide open and making a decision from that place 
regardless of what area of life, business, home, relationships, whatever, completely changes the game and how you navigate your experiences. And so that's what we started doing is we started training entrepreneurs on how to make those kinds of decisions. And then that evolved into superpower experts. Tonya, about four years ago now, got a clear message that she was here to go awaken the masses and raise social consciousness and raise people's awareness of themselves and reminding them of that the divine is out there. And it's there for us to use. It's there for us to have a relationship with. And that that is really the only conversation that matters because from that place, everything's possible. I'm not talking just Christianity. I'm talking just, now I don't care what your relationship with the divine looks like. Have one. That's, that's, that's the key. And, and she, she just clearly heard that. And when she asked, she said, okay, how many? (laughs) Yeah, she listened. She said, okay, how many? All she heard back was, was millions. And she sat and listened. And next thing we know, she had a podcast show. Next thing you know, Neva had a podcast show. And then we had a third podcast show. And now we've got a podcast network that's heard in 90 countries. We get a million downloads a month. We've got We've got 10 shows, nine active, and we're onboarding three right now. So by the time this airs, we'll have 13 shows on the network. And when we stopped and looked, the message was millions and poof, there was the proof in the pudding. And now we're bringing everybody into that conversation of reminding people there's really only one thing that you need to be talking about that's important. And it's that relationship because from there, Whatever your journey is, whatever your role is, whatever the work it is that you're here to do in the world is easy from that space. Because at the end of the day, it's not about you. It's about those that you can have an impact on to help them walk their path. Yes. 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 Love it. Yeah. GFR commandment uh, number six is have faith in yourself and your mission. And the confession question is, what would I do differently if I had faith in myself and my mission? And whenever I put that one out into whatever space that I'm in, it's like if people let it, it kind of sets aside all of the bullshit and just says, okay, well, let's just pretend. Let me just play. Like if I actually did have, I'm not saying I do, but like if I actually did have faith, you know, what would I do differently? And it's, it's so powerful to give ourselves that space because if we're not yet in conscious, consistent communion as edits, it sounds like you and Tonya are, you know, I aspire to that as well. We need these like moments. I call it like the cloud spread and the light, you know, light shines through kind of moments where you get that glimpse, like you have that feeling. And then to lean into, to lean into that, like to just get out of your own way and lean into that is, that's what GFR is about for me. And uh, I really appreciate you sharing the path So I'm going to make a statement because I know it's what the listeners want to hear, but I actually don't believe it and that it's not easy, right? Like, that's the thing to say. Like, it's not easy, but like, it really is easy. (laughs) But let's just say, you got to want it. Yeah. The difference. You've got to want it. Yeah. Right. Which is like, could be the simple part, right? It's just say, okay, I'm ready. I want it. Coming to our last segment here, can you share with what did you need to overcome? Like what beliefs did you need to overcome? Like what were the, like, so people are listening to this like, yes, I want it, sign me up, but, right? So can you speak into the butts <laughs> that might be floating into people's brains? Oh, wow. Can we, we got, a, we got another hour? We got, um, an, we got another good chunk of time here. This is what I want. Um, this is an important piece, right? Because you know, I am channeling the listeners, right? It's like, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, you know? So the more that we could speak into those things, 
perhaps there's a greater possibility of conversion. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. No. So for me, it was getting to the place of just complete surrender and, you know, work. And, and that's when I talk. DUI. <laughs> yeah. You, you've got to do the work. You've got to unpack because imagine if you will, you got to do, I'm, that's a big one to overcome, right? Yes. I mean, it could have killed somebody, the impact it had on me financially, the impact it had on my family, all of that, right? Creates these stories in our minds that we think that's who we are, mm. right? Every time we fuck up, it creates a story. Every time we feel something that makes us feel less than, it creates a story. And it doesn't have to be a huge thing. It could be just something small, you know, right? You weren't hugged enough as a kid, right? Kind of a joke that goes around, but it's true. It's true. Those create wounds, the relationships that you have with your parents, the stories that they told you, the beliefs that they shared and instilled in you. If they were not in their highest and they were from your parents and they were your parent shit, you, you still have to integrate that. You have to do that work. Conflicts with siblings, you have to do that work. Conflicts with spouses, friends, whatever, your job, what you're doing. Those are all the things that you have to reconcile. And I was no different. You know, I had to reconcile the fact my first marriage didn't work out and own my part in it. You know, I was just as fucking guilty as she was. You know, I didn't communicate enough. I didn't show up fully. That's a hard pill to swallow because especially in society today, when social media and our circle of friends, we think that affirming your suffering, affirming your shit, affirming your putting hatred or disgust out into the world is a good thing. It's not. All it does is confirm and affirm our own suffering as well. And it says, you're fucked up. I'm fucked up. We can be fucked up both to gay together. But nobody's talking about how do I stop being fucked up, right? Because the people that we surround ourselves with typically are the ones who are just as fucked up, if not more, than you are. And if you're Which not dealing with- It's hard to see. It's like a fish in water, right? Like, you yeah, really, it, like it's, there has to be a wake up moment where you're like- You have to have that aha moment. Yeah. You have to have that aha moment. And one, you have to be aware of the fact that reality that you're living in is not whole truth. There's more to it, and, but you have to want more because existing at that frequency, existing at that level and going through life at that frequency, there's nothing wrong with. 99% of the globe goes through life in that experience. But those that are truly, truly, truly wanting more, they know that there's something more and they're tired of feeling a particular way. They're tired of believing certain things. They're tired of seeing this crap manifest in the projection. You have to want it and you have to dig deep. You have to find its inception point. You have to get underneath that inception point and then you have to take it up and you have to look at it and you have to examine it. You got to poke around in it a little bit and it's going to hurt <laughs> and it's going to make you cry and you're going to relive it, but you don't have to continue to relive it over and over and over again. That's where most people stop. As they start doing the work, they go into it and they live it and then they start speaking it as if it's true, as if it's happening right now when it happened 15 years ago. And then we have to be willing to let go of that story and recognize that it was just an experience. I saw what it was designed to cert what it was designed to do. It got me here. That's not who I am. And I can see how in having that experience led me to this realization of what I believe to be true now. And we all have to do that because we all have our wounds. We all have our stories. We all have our strifes. 
entrepreneurs are some of my favorite people to work with because they're the ones that have stepped forward and said, I'm fucking ready. Yeah. Bring it. (laughs) You know, when we took the leap, we burnt the ships. I mean, nobody in counterintelligence leaves counterintelligence. It's the old saying, old spies never die. They just fade away. Mm. The lashback that we got from our old community because we're leveraging it, right? We're using it in our business, two former counterintelligence agents, two former counterintelligence agents. Well, when you're switched on, when you're an active agent, you can't even tell your family what you do, right? You're not even, you're not, you just can't because it'll get killed if you're in the field, right? And so the lashback that we got, because we made the decision, actively made the choice of we're never going back to that <laughs> world, ever. And I'll sell oranges on the street corner before, before I ever go back to that world, right? You had to reject it. I mean, you had to reject it publicly and you had to reject it internally. Exactly. Not only had to reject it, but I had to integrate it, Hmm. right? Because I can't reject it because it was an experience. It was somebody that I was. It was things that I did. That's a good distinction. That's a really good distinction, right? Like to kind of say, I'm not that anymore. Like I'm moving to a new chapter and that is part of me. So I need to honor all that is. And I think sometimes we do reject we want to make a change so we feel we need to reject it in order to be okay to move away from it. So I think that's a really Absolutely. good well, decision. You, you have to do that because to say that you weren't that puts it over here. And guess yeah. what? All this shit now associated with that, right? Because yeah. all the things that I did, I had to reconcile within myself because it's counterintuitive to what I believe to be true now. I did six months in Afghanistan. And after Iraq, I did six months in Afghanistan after we take, had taken the leap as entrepreneurs because we fell flat on our face when we first started. And I took a job overseas to provide for the family while Tony built the business. And I had to reconcile the fact that I'm in a war zone dealing with the conflict that I'm not seeing any progress, wondering what the fuck I'm contributing to just so I can get paid. Wow. I, came home at, I came home at the six month mark because I was done. And because Tony got Tony had finally gotten to the point of like, we've got the business thing figured out. Time to come home. Yeah. And wow. and I left, and that that was it. I never wow. I haven't been back. Wow, I really honor your willingness to do that and what it took to to be there. It's like once you wake up, you know, it's like it's hard to stay. You know, once you know that you're that's not where you're supposed to be. You know, it's hard. And I've I've had an experience where I've gone back to something that I let go of and had to like reconcile, like, oh, I'm going backwards. Like, no, like this actually, this is what I need to do right now. And it's a wholly different experience because I'm a different experience, which is commandment number 11. You're not the same person you were, right? So it's like to be able to do what you need to do, follow that guidance. And then, and I'm sure leaving it then was like, it's almost like a high school reunion. Like, okay, now I'm really complete. (laughs) You know, it's freeing. The deeper down you go, the higher up you, you, you are, the more free you are, because when you can clear what I like to call the boulders out of your life, as you go up in frequency, the boulder gets smaller and smaller and smaller until it's a grain of skin. But even that grain of sand, when you're operating at a high frequency, can trip you up. Right. Right. And so there's still work to be done, but it's staying in awareness of it. And are you going to stop long enough and look at it and hold on to it and make it a reality again? Or are you going to go, oh, that's just a grain of sand. I see you. I honor you. Goodbye. I brush you away. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Okay, Justin. So what are your, what's your final contribution to our audience? At the end of the day, 
no matter what path you're walking, I don't care what job you have, what role you play in life, the one thing that you can remember that will serve you well in anything in anywhere you find yourself is to remember that it's not about you. It never is. It is never about you. You just have to believe that. You just have to own that and you have to integrate that. And from that space, go out, change the world. Nice. Love it. Thank you, Justin Reckla. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. What an awesome conversation that was. And if you are a member of our GFR squad community, we continue the conversation over there and we do a bonus segment that's just for our squad members called, What Does Having Faith Really Mean? If you have not checked out membership in our squad, it's super crazy affordable and it's just so you have some skin in the game, but it helps you to plug into a community of like-minded people that are really seeking to GFR in their lives. We have a confession culture. Some people just listen and receive other people's confessions and some people use it as a place to say things out loud, whatever your journey is. We'd love to have you over there. I'm in there confessing my ass off all the time. It's like kind of my, my peeps. I really love it. Go check it out at gfr.life squad and join us in the new year and you know, plug yourself in to a place that really honors your journey. I want to let you know about this free gift that Justin is giving our community. It's called a mini design superpower session. And it is, I think it's 15 minutes. It's free, no strings attached. And you get to find out what your superpower is. Like how freaking cool is that? Not just for superheroes anymore. And if you've ever been curious, if the interview had you like stirring up memories of intuitive, weird ass, cool situations you've had in your life and you're just, you're ready to sort of own it and, you know, have it bubble to the surface, sign up for one of these sessions. The link is in the show notes. It's a great organization, the superpower organization. And I think you'll have a lot of fun with that. I also want to announce that we are now found on iHeartRadio. We are trying to get the show onto as many different podcast platforms as possible. And I hope that you have found your way to subscribing somewhere. So some of you listen to the show on our website and then um, don't really know where to go from there. So what I say is pick a podcast app, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, search up the show, press subscribe, follow. Rate and review the show too if you feel guided because that helps people find it more. And stick with us because we're here to give you a constant steady diet of inspiration, motivation, and have you know you're not alone so that you can make the biggest impact you can in the world. All right, y'all. Until next time, over and out.